Praise and Worship is a community of people in Branson, Missouri, who are gathering, growing, being encouraged, and sharing with others the love and hope of Jesus. Learn more online at branson.church. So we've been going through the book of Ephesians. We're now in our eighth week, and today the theme is Renewed and Included. And it's very interesting because there's been these two messages that we've been seeing all through the book of Ephesians. Right off the bat, chapter one, Paul, by carried by the power of the Holy Spirit, says to you and to me, hey, saints, he's talking to the saints in Ephesus, and I've been making the case he's also talking to the saints in Branson and in every other church and in every other community across the whole planet. And, and he was, he's given that ability by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you and I would hear something that we would hear the voice of the Son of Man. And he, he says, hey, saints. He goes, I just want you to know, you were chosen in Christ before the foundations of the world. And you're just like, we were like, what? That's, that was our expression, right? And then he says, and you need to know that even though you were dead in your trespasses, you are now made alive by the grace of God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God so that no one can boast. For you were created in advance to do good works in Christ Jesus our Lord. And guess what? His plan from all eternity was to unite all things in heaven and on earth in Christ. So you have this powerful message of grace and of unity. And we're left with going, well, which is it? And of course, you know how I'm going to answer that. Yes. And I want you to see that today as we open up Ephesians chapter 4. Let's, let's begin by taking a look at verse 17. Now, if you look at the little heading here, it says it's a trap. And I promised Anthony last week we would get to Star Wars this week, right? So if you've, if you've ever seen Return of the Jedi, you know that the famous Admiral Akbar line was the rebel fleet drops out of hyperspace. They're going to attack the Empire. They're going to blow up the Death Star. And lo and behold, it's a trap. And that's because they were waiting for them and they were ready for them. And I want you to know that that's what's going on with the devil today. He's like back against the wall. We've been talking about by grace you have been saved through faith. You have been chosen in Christ before the foundations of the world. You were dead and now you are alive and the devil is backing up. He's backpedaling. He doesn't know what to do. So he's going to lay a trap for you and for me. And it's worse than that that the emperor laid for the rebels because it's here and it, it kind of works on us. Look at what it says. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer, and of course that word in English is walk. We'll talk about the, the blue letters there in a moment. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. And see, what we've, been, what we've been learning in the book of Ephesians is our relationship with God is not defined by our behavior. And yet this scripture seems to indicate otherwise. Why would Paul, who said, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, now all of a sudden say, so therefore you better be a good person? Well, is he saying that? And this is what the devil always do, does to you and to me. He does the same thing he did on page three of the Bible. Remember, we saw in the Bible Project video a moment ago, you, know, you see the snake come out of nowhere, and the first thing he says to Eve is, did God really say? Did God really say? Did he really say you were saved by faith? Because right here, I guess the Bible's full of contradictions. It says, now I say and testify in the Lord, you must no longer 
peripateo is the Greek word, as the Gentiles, peripateo, in the futility of their minds. And may I just say to you, let's hear what God has to say, because he really does say you are saved by grace. And he really does say it is through faith. And he really does say it is the gift of God so that no one can boast. It's not from us. He is inviting us to not walk in darkness. He is inviting us to not, peripateo means to, it literally means walk about. And, 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 and here in English, they'll say walk. Some of your translations will say live. Some of your translations will say, you know, whatever you're doing. And so here, what I want you to know is which is it? It's all of those things. Para means around, and pateo means to do or to walk. And so it's this idea of a walkabout like the Australians will talk about. It's this journey of life. It is your journey of life. Do not make your journey of life the same way that people outside of God don't. They don't know about him. And so don't do it like them. It has futility. So we could talk about stories about when we're apart from God. I could tell you that when I'm apart from God, I have futility in my mind. I, I, I make it about what I want. I make it about what I am interested in. I don't want to hear about anybody else. And I start to medicate my feelings, my bad feelings, with bad things. So for example, I always tell the silly joke about pepperoni pizza because I love to eat a lot of pepperoni pizza. And, and it's a silly joke because no one is too scandalized by a little bit too much pizza. But I hope you understand whenever I tell about I eat too much pepperoni pizza that I'm talking about something much worse. I'm talking about something that this scripture is talking about, which is the futility of our minds. Why are we deceived to believe that eating a little bit too much, a little more pizza will make everything better? Why are we deceived to think that if I could just log on to that website, it'll make everything better? Why are we deceived to think that if I just go with that person into that dark room and do terrible things, it'll make things a little bit better? Why am I deceived to believe that if I just do that thing or not do that thing, that I'll have what I want, that I'll feel a little better? Maybe I just need to end my marriage. That'll make everything, that'll solve the problems. Maybe I should need to maybe I should need to quit my job and take matters into my own hands because they don't care about me. That'll solve the problems. Maybe I should need to whatever. You guys fill in the blanks. This is the issue. It's a trap. You need to know that the devil is trying to always trying to get us to leave God and to go back to the futility of the thinking that is, I can solve this. Because that's exactly where it started on page three. Did God really say that if you ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that you would surely die? Because that's what happened. Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which, which we like to call the tree of I know everything. We define good and evil for ourselves, and they ate from that tree, and then they died. They were not created to die. They were not created to be broken. God never designed the world to have sin in it, and yet here we are. And that is why we've been hearing the good news. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. God really said that. Take a look at verse 18. Because the issue is not our behavior. The trap is always to think it's about our behavior. And yes, we do sometimes eat too much pepperoni pizza. It doesn't take too long to figure out. I struggle with that. And here we go. They are darkened in their understanding. This is the issue. It's darkness, alienated from the life of God. So when darkness comes in, or really, 
Darkness can't come into anything because darkness is not the presence of something. It's the absence of light. So there you go. It's the alienation from God. It's being farther away from God. My friend Bob on Bible study today, he was talking about that. He's like, when we're far from God, we're in trouble. We, we do start to f- believe in the trap. We do start to believe in the lie that God did God really say. And we do start to try to solve problems on our own terms. And that's when we get worse and worse into trouble. And this is what he's talking about. They're darkened in their understanding. They're separated. They're alienated from God because of the ignorance this is in them due to the hardness of heart. So many people will say, well, Mark, can a person with this sin, and then you can insert any sin you want, whatever your favorite sin to condemn in other people is. It's always one that you don't do. That's how that works. What if, what if can people with this sin still go to heaven? And I always like, why are you asking that? You know, what's, why, why do we ask that question? We want to know what the limits are? We want to know who can and cannot be saved? What are we doing when we ask that question? Now, you might say, I'm just trying to know the Bible. <laughs> and I'm just like, look at, the, look at what the Bible says. The Bible's not interested in who, somebody who did certain things. The Bible's interested in our heart. Jesus said, you have heard it say, you've heard people say, thou shalt not murder. But I say to you that if you even look at your brother with hatred in your heart, with, with, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you go against your brother in your heart, you are subject to the judgment. See, Jesus doesn't leave it into the categories that we like because he's about our hearts. He's about our hearts. He's about your heart. He's about mine. And the issue when we alienate ourselves from God is where it starts to make our hearts hard. And there are those, there are people in this world that don't want anything to do with God. And, and people will say, is it because of their behavior? No, it's because of their heart. The heart causes behavior. When, my, when I have God at arm's length and my heart is hardening, then I'm going to eat all the pepperoni pizza I can get my hands on. That's just how it's going to work because I need to solve the emptiness, the brokenness of my heart with something. And, you know, good fresh pepperoni that doesn't have a lot of grease on it. That's what we're talking about. Talk about Grimaldi's in New York City. Anyway, I am very much distracted now. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20, and then we're going to look at a little bit of 21 and 22. This is why we always say we need the light to shine. We need the truth of Jesus, the truth that is in Jesus. Look at what Paul says, carried by the Spirit. He says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. See, that's, what we, that's why we have to come back. The truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self. Now, that's an infinitive for the grammar police. We'll talk about that more in a bit. Not an imperative. An imperative is, hey, go love your neighbor. That's a command, right? But here, this is something that is happening to us. It is the putting off. It is the to put off of our old self. He is helping us. The truth is in Jesus, to put off our old selves, which belongs to your former, our former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And we all know exactly how this works. I wake up in the morning and we're supposed to get up and get ready and get on for the day. And we're like, yeah, I don't want to do that today. Or we have to go talk to someone we don't want to talk to. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Or we have to forgive because he's going to tell us that. He's going to say, hey, I want you to forgive people the way God, the way God forgave you in Christ Jesus. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, all those people, with, especially of that other political persuasion that say I should do this or I should believe that or do, oh, they're, they're, I'm not going to forgive them. Oh, yeah. We need to put off our old self. Um, it, it's, it's like my Uncle Marty said, you know, we need to drown the old Adam, the old man, 
because he's a really good swimmer. You know, he, he keeps coming back, you know, and, and all of us struggle with that. We know what it is. G.K. Chesterton said it's practical as potatoes. We all feel it and we go through it. The truth is in Jesus. So when you are in a situation in life where you're like, ugh, I don't even know how I got to this spot, go to Jesus. When you're in a situation in life where you don't understand why things are the way they are, you go to Jesus. Turn on the lights. Let him deal with the big problems. Let him solve, if you're like me and you eat too much, let him fill your belly, your guts, and your heart. Take a look at verses 23 and 24. We mentioned the grammar police because here it is again. It's this idea of, of to be renewed. A lot of people will say it like this. God is calling us to renewal. And I'm like, yep. And then they might say it like, God is calling us to be renewed. And I'm like, well, yeah, but look at this. This is, again, an infinitive, and it's this idea that it's this process. It's something he is doing to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And I always love the fact, you know, a lot of times people think holiness is righteousness. But throughout the Bible, there's two words, not one. Righteousness means rightness. It's the way things always ought to have been. So when I look at myself and I'm like, the way things always ought to have been is Mark would, would not overeat, right? That would be, that's the example I've been using and it's a real world example. That righteousness would be saying, I'm going to only eat a certain amount. I don't need to gorge myself. And meanwhile, holiness, well, this is a different word. It's, it means set apart. It means different from, separate from. And in this case, we're talking about the world. We're talking about the demonic rulers, and we're talking about the darkness. Holiness means to walk in the light as he is in the light. And it is very different, and it is very weird, and it is very much not the way of the world. It is going upstream in the world's current, which is going the other way and leading everyone into more and more darkness. When we seek the holiness of God, what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, I need you. Just like we sang the Matt Marr song. It's this idea, I need you. That is holiness. That is his holiness. Jesus makes us holy. He makes you holy. Take a look at verse 25. Now, this is the MLV. This is Mark's literal version, so you got to watch out. Here's what it is. It's my translation, and the reason is I want to bring out these key words. So then, exclamation point, get rid of lies. Get rid of lies. Did God really say? Let me just tell you what God said. He loves you. He has sent his only son for you. He has moved heaven and earth for you. He has brought heaven to earth. You are in heaven right now. Wherever the king is, that's where the kingdom is. He works through his word by his spirit. Get rid of lies. So if you and I struggle with lies, kind of like, it, here's an example of a lie. is like, oh, I'll, I won't eat too much pepperoni pizza tomorrow, <laughs> but today I'm going to let it fly, baby. You know, and this thing, this is how it works, and this is just a silly example, but it happens, it's truth for all of these things. It won't hurt if I just, it won't be a problem if, get rid of lies. Let each of us speak the truth with our neighbors because we are members of one another. 
See, because this goes beyond just our own individual salvation, it is very interesting and noteworthy that all through this letter to the Ephesians, the power of God's grace and the promise of unity are together. The power of God's grace and the promise of unity are given together because they go together, because one begets the other. And this is what he's saying. Speak the truth. What is the truth? Jesus loves you. What is the truth? God so loved the world. What is the truth? That he gave his only son. What is the truth? That whoever believes in him will not die, but will have everlasting life. What is the truth? God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the truth. The truth is, from Mark, you don't need to try to fulfill yourself through too much of one thing or another. Trust Jesus. He is our everything. And he will set us free to enjoy a good pizza and not be hurt by it. He will set us free to love our neighbors and to trust that loving them will be okay. He has set us free so that if we would love our neighbor and we would put our trust in Jesus, not our neighbor, but our trust in Jesus, that even when our neighbors fail us, we could, we could still be together with them. Even when we disagree, we can still have unity. How is that possible? How is that possible? Well, I want you to take a look at this chart. I call it the chart of lies. Now, this is if you were to take the whole story of the Bible and put it in kind of a visualization, which I know now some of, like I always think of my wife, Debbie, she's like, oh my, I can't even look at that. It's just too much going on. And I understand that. Bear with me, right? Love one another, right? I need you to love us. And so here we go. This is how the lie works. The lie works by works. Did God really say that you are saved by grace through faith, and that this is a gift of God? He did say that, but the lie says, no, 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 no. You're not a good person. Mark, you eat too much. You cannot be righteous. You certainly aren't holy. You look just like everybody else. You are a loser. You are trash. And unless you get it all, you get off the schneid, unless you get off your keister and start working harder and trying more and doing better, you will have no part of God. In fact, this God of yours, he doesn't love anyone. All he does is subject them to judgment. He puts this big threat of wrath over everybody's head and says, you better come and do it my way or you're going to burn. Oh, really? That's the lie. And look what it does is it leads to uniformity, which is different from unity. Uniformity is everybody out there needs to be like me. And if you're not like me, if you've got a different way of talking, if you've got a different theology, if you've got a different language, if you've got a different color of your skin, or you're, you're, a, you're a liberal and I'm a conservative, or I'm a liberal and they're a conservative, or whatever it might be, if you're not like me, you're out. You're one of them. Good works, this theology of works, the theology of glory, as my Uncle Marty might have called it, would be this idea that leads to uniformity. You better be like me. You better do it like me. You better look like me and function like me or you're out. You don't belong here. And look what we do. A life of works measures behavior. I'm doing down the left side there. Measures behavior, suppresses the truth, and is based on lies, not on God's word. People always are asking me questions. I've had a lot of them lately. You know, what about it when it says this in the Bible? What about when it says that in the Bible? I'm like, keep reading. Let's read all of it. Let's read big chunks, not quote one sentence, but let's look at broad swaths of the story. 
Let's let it unfold. Because those questions in the Bible are always the same thing as when the serpent said, did God really say? Look at this. So works are always going to be about measuring by behavior. It's going to be about suppressing the truth. It's going to be about the lies that unfold by the darkness. And this is the key. Darkness will always lead to uniformity. Uniformity is okay to a point. I mean, like you might say, hey, we need to all stay in the right lane when we're driving in the United States. But if you're in the United Kingdom, you better get in the left lane. And, and you know, this is kind of the way we want to think. Uniformity is good for functioning and for simple things. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about core values. We're talking about your identity. You and I are not like everyone else. We're called to be different that's what holiness means. And so we don't, God doesn't want to squash our differences and our diversity. He wants to bring them out. But darkness leads to self-centeredness and everything is based on your achievement. If you define your life based on your career, so if you're sitting to yourself saying, well, I haven't really had a successful career. Well, what, who cares? I know our culture cares. I know when the people you talk to will care about that. God's not, God's not looking at it that way at all. And then of course, the ultimate thing is that the lies work by the flesh and they leave you and I nameless. They leave you and I based, our identity is based on everything that we do or that we fail to do and that if we don't have God, we are alone. And this is why the Apostle Paul says, give no opportunity to the devil. So it's time to look at the other chart, the chart of truth how truth works, right? Now, notice this. We've seen it in the book of Ephesians. Grace creates unity. Now, unity is not the same as uniformity. Uniformity is based on how you function, based on how you look, based on how you operate, and how good you conform to what I have to say. Unity celebrates our differences, celebrates that this person might be completely different than me, might be completely from another place, another time, another culture, another language, another skin color, another whatever, another political persuasion, may the Lord have mercy, and any of those kinds of things. And what unity does, because it's from grace, grace creates unity, is it says this is not from yourselves. It's not based on your works. It's based on who you are in Christ Jesus through faith, which is his gift to you and to me. And so now all of a sudden this other person that's completely different and likes, you know, likes different music and or likes oh my goodness, what if they like different football teams? Can 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 I be united with a Raiders fan? Now of course the Chiefs fans are going to go no way. And yet <laughs> some of my best friends are Bears fans or Packers fans or whatever, you know, this is a joke. The joke is silly but the 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 the, the truth is real. Whatever sport, whatever silliness, whatever example you want to give no matter what our preferences are, what our stories have been, whatever our experiences have been, no matter how broken I am or broken you are, we have unity in Jesus because he died for us, because he loves us, because he did all of it for us, not based on us, but based on his love and his mercy and his grace for you and for me. So grace creates unity. And we can be completely different. We can be completely even of a different point of view and yet have unity around Christ. Look at this. And so then instead of, instead of trying to measure things, we just trust Jesus. How'd your week go? I don't know. 
praise be to God because I need him, right? This is how it works. We're, our focus is on building up, not tearing down. Our focus is on the truth, and it all happens through the light. Come into the light as he is in the light. And look at what it does. It's this, it, it, it works by the Spirit. The truth works by the Spirit, and it's all about him putting his name on you. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, all kinds of people, all languages, all skin colors, all cultures, all political persuasions. I wonder in the year 2020, I mean, you might sit there and say, well, God might be able to save an axe murderer, but not that other political party. I mean, that's kind of the way people are. They're so upset and they're so grouchy and they're foaming at the mouth about whether we should wear masks or what all these things are. What about, what about the truth of the love of God that says no matter what, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have given to you to keep. All that I have given you, all that I've commanded you, all that you are to do together with me. This is the light, and it works through love. And look what he's, look at this. You were sealed. You were sealed in, in the promised Holy Spirit. This is the other promise of this. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. You and I have been set free. Live in the light. You are renewed, and you are included. Hear that again. You are renewed in Christ. Yeah, Mark, but you don't know what my week was like. Mm -hmm. I don't need to. I know Jesus, and so do you. Hear his voice. You are renewed, and you have been brought into his family by his blood. All of your sins are forgiven. Your life has been renewed and included in his. Your story is now his story, and more importantly, his story is now your story. Let's go together in the light, in the truth, hearing this promise that you have been renewed, I have been renewed, you have been included, I have been included in Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for all that you do. And we pray right now that you would bless us in the hearing of these words and that you would set us free to participate with you in the light. Let the light shine in the darkness and the darkness must flee. I pray that all the demons and the dark forces that keep coming at us saying, did God really say, would be completely eradicated. And just like Admiral Akbar, we would be victorious, not through anything on our own in our case, not by blasting or flying ships, but by being set free in Jesus and being renewed and included in him. It is in his mighty name we pray to you, along with the Holy Spirit, one God who lives and reigns on this world, seeking to save all people. Amen. Amen.